All right, guys, we are back with another Clavio podcast episode. Uh, we're talking about uh, design levels and career paths uh, for designers. So today, it's just me and Sam Beechel. How's it going, Sam? I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, this is Julie, by the way. Didn't introduce myself. It, we're a little rusty, actually. Uh, we've, yeah. we've, we haven't we haven't been on the podcast in a while, right? No, we have not. Uh, yeah. We've been working from working from home like everyone else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been it, there's a lot going on. Uh, we our team. Uh, we have a lot of projects in motion. Um, we're going to talk through a lot of stuff that we've started doing this year with our team. Um, we'll first kind of give a brief intro since it's been a bit, we probably have some new listeners out there. Um, so why don't you go first, Sam? Yeah, so uh, Sam Vigil, I were, manage the um, marketing and communications design team, or part of the design team. We'll get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just asterisk that real hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, I officially lead designer for uh, marketing communications. Yeah, and this is Julie Langaro. Uh, I am the product design manager on for the product designers. Um, yeah, uh, first product designer at Clavio, and now managing and growing the team. So it's been an exciting journey here. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a lot yeah. to talk about in this area, which is why yeah, we're both so. in here. I think this will be like a good kind of reflection point for us on kind of where we've been and where we're going, you know? Yeah. There's a lot to reflect on. So, uh, for our audience out there, we'll try not to get too existential. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. We had to, we have to remind ourselves we're on a podcast and not just, uh, you know, yeah, we do enjoy just talking though. <laughs> I know. So we had to consciously look at each yeah. other in the face and say, we are not just talking. We're not, yeah. We are on a podcast. We're not going there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, why don't we kind of start with, uh, you know, 2020 it's been, it's been a crazy year. I, I, it's not an understatement. That's for sure. Um, and a lot of has happened in the world, but also on our team. Yeah. Uh, So maybe let's kind of talk about what, what has been going down with, with, with design at, uh, at our company. Yeah. So, um, we are, we are one team together now. Uh, Mm -hmm. so previously we were, uh, there was marketing, or we call creative, uh, who we functioned like a, um, basically an internal agency for, um, primarily marketing, but also for many other groups in the company as it related to kind of brand and, um, visual and events, uh, which kind of span the company in various sort of capacities. So, um, we worked mostly, we worked very broadly. We had our own process. Um, we worked collaborated with products every once in a while, but we weren't really really thanked too much. Yeah. I don't, I think we kind of went in waves of kind of connecting on specific projects. Like we, we came together, joined forces for some of the events and we, we talked about kind of merging our assets together at one point, but yeah, we never, it, it, it was just kind of in and out with, with communication. Um, Yep. So yeah, so we we've kind of come together as a product design creative team. We've 
we've, um, I think the underlying goal for this or kind of why we did it was, you know, bringing design forward into the organization. And I think every, making sure that every touch point with our customers or anyone that comes across uh, Clavio, you know, that they have that cohesive experience, right? So when they go to our website through to like the thousandth time they've used our product, it's, it's that, it's that, you know, experience and, and someone will know what to expect from us. There's been a lot of good stuff that's kind of come out of the change too. Uh, you know, we wrote design values. Um, we, it's, I think it's been really helpful for us to gain some parity in the way we work. I know uh, our dot-com team, which is now a sub team of design, they uh, cross product and, and communications a little bit more uh, fluidly. Plus they're starting to kind of operationalize with the product team a little bit so we can share assets better. So design ops has been a big area that we've kind of been thinking through since mm-hmm. we don't have any shared sort of processes. Uh, I know .com's in the middle of adopting Figma and loving it. <laughs> nice. <That's good>. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so there's been a good like knowledge share. We're working through yeah. kind of building out systems that allow us to share assets, build out libraries, um, mm-hmm. utilize, I think utilize talent too across the team. Um, yeah. I know we've on .com, we've been able to borrow some product designers off for certain projects to like help us work through kind of user experience challenges. And then you guys have definitely utilized our marketing design team for um, icons and, and different types of visuals. I know they built out a library for uh, yeah. for product and, and all the design teams to use. So there's been a lot of good sort of sharing. Plus, I think having the chance to just have interactions with just designers, um, having uh, shared meetings, being able to uh, mm-hmm. engage in critique and um, coaching from various people. Uh, so just, we have a variety of like kind of seniors and uh, senior level designers and, and design leads since we're talking about growth paths uh, that have been able to help with mentoring um, which is great because I think having someone outside of your manager, uh, which we'll also talk about, uh, to be able to like coach and learn from can mm-hmm. really be helpful in, a, in sort of a different type of learning style. Um, it's a little bit different when you, uh, when it comes down to reporting structure, I think for a lot of folks, especially when you want to ask questions and just, you know, learn different styles and things like that. So yeah. uh, that's been a big benefit, I think, to having us be the same team. Yeah. And then also like, you and I have, I mean, we talk every day now where yeah. we, we used to not. And I feel mm-hmm. like we offer, uh, we're offering each other support, you know, we're getting advice from each other. We're, we're, uh, organizing our team thinking, you know, forward thinking the goals that each of the teams has, they're just like more cohesion with that too, which I think just kind of maps into the, the, you know, everyone's kind of marching towards the same stuff now. And we kind of all know, um, like, have the similar goals and and values and stuff that you had mentioned. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's good. And it's, it's definitely been really uh, like a supportive function for everyone during the pandemic. Uh, Or I, I hope like, yeah, not just, you know, relying on on your manager for that support. But I think the team supports each other, like, a meeting that we started um, uh, implementing uh, 
Sam and I don't own that. Uh, another designer owns that. Um, and it's, we, we, it's just kind of a casual chat. Uh, at the end of the day, we usually play a fun game, keeping it a little lighthearted. And I mean, the attendance is good. Like everyone spends 30 minutes at the very end of their week to all come together. And we don't, it's not mandatory. Like, no, you don't have to go. It's very much optional. Um, and, and it shows that I think everyone wants to support each other and there for each other and stuff. Yeah. Scriblio, big hit. <laughs> oh yeah. Scriblio. We, we like, I like that one a lot. We played yeah. a, um, <laughs> was the movie like guess the movie yeah, based on the one, uh, image from the Anyways. Um, there are some tough ones in there. Yeah, oh, really hard ones. And there are some <laughs> very big movie buffs. On oh, I was surprised. Yes. Jeez, t- I know. Yeah. Well, uh, for uh, other podcast guests, Tim, Robert, and Don. Yeah. Indeed. They were they very were the good. Yeah. Yep. I thought I was good, but no, like I'm terrible now. I was, now yeah, I was not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So yeah, we talked about um, all this change. So let's kind of go into... One of the big things that we um, we went through uh, this year, which is uh, a new leveling system and career path, uh, defining a career path for uh, the designers here. So let's kind of talk through like why why did we do this? Like what were kind of the problems before we kind of went about updating and kind of revamping everything? Yeah. So I mean. When you start t- talking about, you know, merging team, now you're all of a sudden talking about like, what is design and like, what are, what is a designer at Clavio and what does that mean? Um, and, you know, uh, previously we've kind of had very specific way of looking at that. I think now what we're, what we're now looking at is a more team wide look at that, um, a chance for folks to understand, uh, what the next step in growth would be, um, what skills specifically they have and can have an opportunity to kind of learn. Um, and just looking at like, what do things, like, what do things mean? I mean, titles are so mm-hmm. ambiguous most of the time. Um, and that when you break it down to things that are skill related for designers to actually learn that it, they are just more tangible, um, they're, and designers can be a little bit more self-directed in their growth and take a little bit more ownership over their career, which um, ultimately I think is what any, all of the design, any and all of the design team really wanted was just a chance to um, have a set of like, understand what a career arc would look like for Mm -hmm. any designer. I I know when I started off in my career, like that was not something that I understood at all. Um, How certain skills develop over time um, as you kind of learn them and engage in them and how you're engaging with them, both as an IC, as a manager, as a design leader within the company, um, what that means. Uh, all of those things were just, obviously they're really important to being able to like, oh, like, I mean, we love saying this about businesses, but it's like very much true for designers, like mm-hmm. owning your growth, right? Like, how do you, <laughs> yeah. how, how do you like in, be able to empower folks to be able to like, take ownership over their careers and the things that they want to learn. Like we obviously have a big focus on learning. It's one of our values here at Clavio. So um, giving folks a chance to really know uh, what they, and figure out like what they 
are good at and what they want to learn, um, which is really, really important, um, both for just the design work that we're doing, but also for people as individuals. And I think, you know, we're both managers, yeah. so we care a lot about people as individuals. Um, yep. And it, yeah. that, you know, we care about that, making sure that they're happy in that way. I think it also has helped a lot with the expectations from not just on an individual level, but it, it's, it brings clarity and responsibilities to the people that uh, as it is that, that you work with. So your peers and the rest of the company. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think we have still have a bit to do to kind of share this more broadly. Um, I mean, we still have some things to figure out there. Um, but I think that will be super helpful and also hiring. Right. So like, it's been really helpful for us with these new, you know, design levels. And when we're saying design levels, this is kind of the structure of, okay, let's look at uh, what are the expectations for uh, associate designer, someone say just coming out of school, uh, just getting into design all the way through to director level and every uh, you know role in between there. What are those uh, expectations? What are those themes? What are your responsibilities? Um, so when you have that in front of you, um, you're able to evaluate candidates much e easier. And it's not before it was, I think, well, our teams were different. So for us on the product design side, there was a lot of opinions is very subjective. Um, but now I feel like we're very diligent about our, our hiring process and, and we know what we're looking for and who, who we talk to kind of where they fit into that, um, that matrix. Yeah, I mean, it's a little different for, it's still a little bit different on the communication side. Um, product design tends to be a little bit more the same uh, between different roles, just more like more experience or less experience right. in certain skill sets. Um, for, you know, teams like mine where we're, uh, you know, I also manage writers uh, as, as well as design. And um, some, some designers are very technical, like digital designers are very technical, whereas um, some designers who are more visual designers, uh, they might not just not be as technical, especially in traditional formats like um, website um, and code. So um, huge variety of, of skills, uh, which means that, and specialties, which uh, means that we need some way of kind of looking at it where there's sort of an underlying foundation that makes sense for the entire team um, as, and then gives people the ability to um, think about it also as individuals and like kind of their individual skill set and individual growth. So um, mm -hmm. one thing I'll sort of call out is we kind of talked about all of this stuff, um, which is kind of normal for any team that's kind of developing <laughs> to like sort of take a look at all these things. Um, is that we did also add to this process, um, giving people the tools to develop skills that they're really good at. So uh, be able to identify what people are awesome at, like how they like to think about mm. stuff and how they process information. Um, so we all did uh, some like skills-based um, like exploration to be able to like help folks be able to find things that they really excel at. And, um, especially in like learning styles and things like that, cause everybody's a little bit different and, um, right. you like a tool to be able to, uh, develop the more hard design skills that, uh, we're talking about in terms of, um, people's mm -hmm. growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. 
So how did we approach this kind of looking, looking back, like with, you know, an organization, like if someone was kind of in the same place that we were at, where there wasn't really a distinct or clear path for designers. I mean, I've, I've actually haven't had something like this in, in my career. And it, 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 I feel like it kind of comes about through, from my experience, like comes about as the organization grows. So what was kind of the first thing that we did? I mean, I think one point of clarification is that like Clavio is very overall um, is very focused on making sure that people have direction um, in their career that like reviews are, we do reviews every six months, um, mm-hmm. yeah. which, you know, it's, and there's like a very, like the organization as a whole, like cares very much about people having these paths. So uh, I will say that we have a lot of support in the organization yes. uh, that the organization itself cares a lot about this, which um, <laughs> means that we are very much empowered to be able to like help contribute to that. Um, historically, I think what tends to happen, uh, I think like a lot of, um, a lot of technical roles uh, or skill-based roles like ours, like being a designer. Um, for one, uh, designers tend to, people look at them and think they're kind of mysterious. Like what we do is like, they're <laughs> like, oh, I can never do that. Um, we're trained like anyone else, <laughs> uh, as you guys know. So, I mean, I'm not telling our audience anything. We haven't, uh, they don't know already, but it's right, worth right. pointing out that um, that designers have this like, people see us as something that is just inherent talent that, but like we spend mm-hmm. a lot of time actually building right. specific skills around. Um, right, right. And I think that uh, because of that, um, having like a career path that's specific for designers that is like very much tailored to our skills and those skills that we're building um, was actually probably the thing that we were trying to do here is mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not really a matter of, of like, you know, Hey, there just wasn't anything. Cause actually we have a ton of support from the organization, which goes a long way to, um, us being able to do something like this, but it is important to note that like what we're talking really about is those specific things that designers, um, as they go through their career, uh, need to learn and how their toolbox develops and how, um, they're specifically that na- how designers specifically have to or- like navigate an organization. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of what we do is, um, like quoting directly, like driving confluence. <laughs> so, uh, and because of that, like, you know, we're trying to, um, how do you learn to like pull together a bunch of stakeholders and then figure out how they are going to uh, collaborate and um, work together. And like, that's mm-hmm. kind of one example of some of the stuff that we were thinking about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thanks for uh, clarifying that uh, for sure. And especially like here at Clavio with, with a growing organization, there's just opportunities always to just grow in your career. So yeah, making that distinction that it's, it's more tailored to design growth and, and, and the responsibilities and, and skill sets there. Um, yeah. So, uh, also like the differences in, in this is it's different for every company and every organization. So an example being that we are including our company values in the way that we, you know, interview candidates, the way that we talk about, um, who we are, uh, within the organization and as, as a design team. Um, and obviously other organizations wouldn't have the same values that we do. 
So a big one, as you mentioned, was like ownership. Like that's something really huge for us and, and, uh, and specific to, um, the, the projects that we work on and, and those that, you know, looking for those that kind of can go past all the ambiguity and, and take ownership on things that they're doing. Um, so that's kind of an, an example there. Um, we also, I think to, to come kind of how we approach it, going back to like my question, um, you know, these design led companies, which is what we are, um, they, they do this, uh, they have this career path for designers. And so I think the first kind of step was what do other companies do? Like, how do they grow their teams? How do they think about that? And also how does product design and creative work together? Um, so that's something that's been really helpful for us. Yeah. I mean, I know, um, There's always like kind of two, two things, right? Like the t- like titles and stuff, they serve this role kind of in clarity of like some, mm-hmm. like driving some base level of like understanding of what you might be doing right. somewhere. Um, but also like they don't always mean something right. yep. <laughs> uh, kind of overall. And so, uh, you know, setting meanings for those things for us uh, really I mean, it's not, it's unique to Clavio, uh, but like also there's sort of this like, like, well, how, how does that work with like other people outside, like other companies that are like ours that, um, see there's like a clear understanding of like what somebody's doing and what the expectation is. Yeah. That's kind of this, I feel like it's a balance of like, okay, what is the industry like kind of, if if you think about like titles or whatever, like what is the industry, but then in a way, like you shouldn't care about, I mean, not that you shouldn't care, but uh, it's not the title that matters necessarily. It, it, it varies from company to company. It's, it's more of kind of what we were talking about, like the ownership piece, what you do, what your responsibilities are, yeah. your um, outlook, uh, your uh, attitude, like those things. Um, and I guess as, as you grow in your career, I think there's, there are these themes, um, and specific. And for us, when we were thinking about that, it's, I think it's a lot of the soft skills, right? So it, it goes then beyond like how you execute the work, but, um, how you like beyond the craft. And it's, it's like, it becomes like how you communicate with other people and, um, and your orientation within the company. Yeah. Um, how you get work on the roadmap. Um, yeah. How you like drive success metrics. Um, you know, I, somebody once told me and I want to say it was a college professor <laughs> at one oh. point, uh, but I can't fully remember. So I apologize to the person that's out there that I am now <laughs> quoting, but misattributing. Uh, but they said that um, good work isn't about what you create uh, if you can't sell it. And uh, mm-hmm. really what they meant is that um, if a client doesn't approve it, or I guess in our case, um, since we're not an agency, uh, if we can't get that work on the roadmap and shipped, then it's just sitting somewhere and it's not really doing anything, right? Like you don't know whether it's, I guess I'll use like air quotes. I don't know if you can see me, but I'm on Zoom video. So like, <laughs> really come on to yep. do it. 
see it. <laughs> uh, uh, good work. Um, uh huh. How do you know that it is if like you don't if the user is inter- interacting with it and we can't tell whether something is doing its job or is driving the metrics that it needs to drive on the marketing side? I guess if you're talking about you know the stuff that yeah. we do, um, if it's just sitting there and part of your effectiveness as a designer in an organization. Um, is really like, what do you, what can you get onto the roadmap? And a lot of that stuff and like what, how you can you get it shipped and how can you get the things that meaningful Mm -hmm. to the user and are meaningful to you because they're meaningful to the user. How do you make people understand that? And how do you get it to people? Like, so that they're experiencing it. So it's part of the product that it's making a measurable impact on the business. Like that's what we do. Um, and so that's, as you said, Julie, there's a lot of soft skills involved in that. And it's, um, Mm -hmm. it's not just about like, can you build good work, but like, can you build good work that actually is going to get out in the world and have an impact and it's going to get shipped? Yeah. I always say to, uh, the folks that I mentor and talk with day to day, like spread your, uh, circle, like your circle becomes wider. So it goes beyond, like, think beyond just as, as you grow, like, and this isn't just for design. This is, I think for anyone, um, in their career, uh, you, you go beyond just talking to your peer to peer or your, like your immediate teams. And you go beyond that to talk to, you know, the, the team members that aren't just designers or across the company. And then it becomes like outside of the company, outside of the organization, outside the city that you live in, maybe, um, one thing, though, that you mentioned about, you know, it, what does success look like? It, you know, you want to make sure that it, you know, gets shipped or on the roadmap. I would say, like, even if it doesn't get shipped or, quote, shipped uh, or out there, like, what you did, how does it inflict change? Like, does it change the way that people think about something or the way that they work or like, what does that influence? Whatever it is, like, what have you delivered? So yeah, sometimes like on the design side, uh, you know, we get discouraged on our team when we design an experience and we don't have engineers to build it or whatever. So rather than get discouraged about that, it's like, okay, well, if I do this thing, what can I do to inflict change? And, um, and, how can I inspire others? I guess is kind of what I'm getting at. So even if you can't ship it or whatever, like what, what else can you do? That's a good point. Sometimes it's you know? just about doing the work and then having people have a new idea in their head about another way we could approach something down the road is just mm-hmm. super valid. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing I think that I know that was a mystery to me um, that I hope we can demystify for our teams is, um, and I know you sort of, mm-hmm. you have thoughts around this, uh, <laughs> is, like, is like management is like a different skill set. Um, and in one that's not really related to you as a designer or your experience as a designer. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. does that, being having been a designer, like it's, it certainly helps you bring like a empathy and understanding to managing designers like that's that is also true but management itself is totally different than the skills that you um need as a designer to be a successful designer so right. uh, not um they're two very different things and I think in roles like ours it 
what can happen is that people can think that if you're a really awesome designer, that you'd be a really awesome manager. And those two things right. aren't always true. And for that matter, uh, shouldn't have to be like, you shouldn't have to feel like your success as a designer is contingent on you being a manager. That's not true. Uh, there's, um, there's, uh, you know, you can be a, like an IC and, um, mm -hmm. an individual contributor and, um, still have an amazing career path, uh, ahead of you. That's like, that can help you that you can still learn and grow and have an impact on the business and find opportunities to drive change. Um, being, I think if I was, I was thinking about this a little bit, cause believe it or not, we do not just like roll up into these podcasts <laughs> uh, <laughs> as chill as we look, uh, we do actually make notes. <laughs> yeah. So I was, doing some, I was doing some thinking about this prior to this, uh, to us talking, Julie. Um, mm -hmm. and I was like, um, and I was actually talking to somebody else recently about this and I was like, what, what is it that I even like about doing this? Cause mm -hmm. it's definitely an actual deliberate decision to decide to like want to actually be a manager for you. You had a, yeah, you made yeah, that decision. So, oh, cool. Weird yeah. fact about my history. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually, for a while, this was, um, in prior sort of experience, mm -hmm. but, um, I was kind of on track to be a manager, decided that I wasn't ready, uh, decided to take a step back for about eight to 12 months, um, took a step back for eight to 12 months, had an opportunity open up, decided at that point I was ready and took it and was really glad that I actually didn't just like take the opportunity because it was there, but also had, a, had at the time a manager who was really understanding about me feeling like I wanted more time mm -hmm. contributing just good work. Um, and not kind of more dealing with the people aspect of things. But now that I've really more gone in that direction, because I'm clearly um, on that path, uh, have a lot to learn. Of course, uh, you learn something new every day, depending on like your team, and there's always a different dynamic. Um, but I would right. probably put it down to like, I really enjoy the people aspect of it. Um, being able to have a direct effect on um, somebody growth, uh, their ability to like, to be able to clear paths from the, like my team does not need me to like tell them how to be awesome designers. They're awesome designers. That's not what my role is. My role. And I, as I see it is to like set up all the things that are going to make them the most successful and like, just let them do it. Uh, mm -hmm. and so I like get out of their way. Yeah. <laughs> just get out of their way. And I like being the person to be able to like watch to like I love being on the side, yeah. sidelines watching them do awesome stuff that I'm just like oh you guys crushed it like good job like that is I would never yeah. have thought of that you guys did work way better than I would ever imagine um and like to me that's if my role in any way can contribute to them get like being able to like remove the blockers that um that allow them to like do those things and feel those moments of like look at what we did, uh, then I'm super, super stoked to be the person that gets to do that. Um, it's like yeah. an absolute pleasure every day working with. Wow. Wow, well, Sam. Good thing you like your team. I do like my team. <laughs> <laughs> They're good. Um, They're awesome designers. I like product teams no, too. No, everyone's also super awesome. great. Our, our team is like, I feel like we're really lucky. We are. Um, yeah, I think something about management, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, and you have, you definitely have to be the type that goes beyond that internal, um, you know, the internal dialogue and, and improvement on, on, on yourself 
and you have to be extremely empathetic. I mean, as designers, we are empathetic, but very empathetic for others and invested, like you were saying, in the, in the growth of others and seeing how they go. It's, yeah, it's not for everybody. Um, I, and kind of speaking to my experience, I didn't know I've, I've had opportunities in the past and I kind of declined them, if you will, because I just, I wasn't ready for it. And I knew it. I didn't, I had just gotten in. I mean, I pretty much had gotten into my UI UX career path and, and felt like I still had a lot to grow myself. Um, and I wouldn't say I was fully prepared this time around, but I've kind of, I've learned a ton and I have grown so much in that area, um, that it's been really rewarding to like, I feel proud of myself and I also feel proud of the team and it's just like a completely different way of thinking. Um, and, and I've also like, I've also met so many people, different parts of like the organization or out, you know, in Boston or whatever that, uh, that aren't designers that, but they, they, they do the same, you know, they manage people. So it, that's been really cool too, to, to be a part of. Um, so yeah, I think if you're like, you're at a crossroads and you're trying to figure it out, like hopefully the organization or the company that you're at gives you that opportunity to kind of maybe try it out. You could, you could mentor and, and see how you feel about that. Um, if you're, if you're not crazy about it, you have a great manager that can be like, okay, that's all right. Like if that's not for you, that's not for you. And, and you'll, you know, here's the path that you can go on. Um, but hopefully like, you know, you have those, those, those options there and you can always go back and forth. Like there's no direct linear way. Like it's kind of like design, like everything's just up and down and squiggly and all over the place with the process. I would say it's kind of, it can be the same for, uh, management, IC, whatever. Right. Um, from, from what I've, you know, from my own experience, but also like what I've seen others that have been doing this for a long time. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities, I guess. Um, any lasting, uh, uh, points or thoughts, Sam? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of, uh, I know why we're talking about this, <laughs> I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, mm-hmm. but when I was thinking about that, we were going to be talking about it. Um, I know, you know, um, there was, I'll just sort of say there was like one thing in the show notes here mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was like, huh, I don't know how I would actually answer that question. And I'm actually not going to say what question it, it is, uh, because I actually disagree with the question so much that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but I, um, but one thing that I just, it kind of led me to have like sort of a closing thought, we'll say, uh, okay. which is like, don't make everything about this. Um, like it's, I know we're talking about like paths and career paths and like that sort of thing. And obviously it's important, but don't like over, over make it important that you forget to like, kind of enjoy the process of like growing and stretching yourself. Um, that you're like, don't make everything Mm -hmm. about it. Cause there's like, it's really, I think the, the things I look back on in my own career and I'm, you know, like, like 12, 13 years into it, I think I'm counting right, (laughs) Um, is that uh, 
the things that I've enjoyed the most are the like problems I've gotten to solve the, the like times when I was the most uncomfortable that I was able to like learn from, um, in a big way that I didn't realize it at the time. Um, so like learn new skills, especially as it relates to, um, working with collaborators. So things like marketers, um, engineers, data scientists, if you have that option, um, learn about the things that they do and learn about how it's related to design and how it can help you. Um, they're not things that are like just for designers that are typically skills that you learn, but you can bring those things back to the, your career Mm -hmm. and, um, and like grow in that way. And they're meaningful. They help you kind of understand your next steps, uh, understand other things, unique things about design with a perspective that you wouldn't have had before. So like, don't discount those things. Like, don't be so focused on like growing as a designer that you forget to like see the other things that you might like that are like related. Um, teaching is really important. Uh, like, talk about your work with other people, like demystify the process of design. Um, It's how you build understanding within the organization. Um, You'd be surprised how much the stuff that I'm saying, like actually relates to your growth as a designer, that they're not things that are necessarily in like a, like this is what a senior designer looks like. Um, It's more like whatever that even means. (laughs) Uh, But like, it definitely contributes to like learning how you learn and how you might absorb information, um, how you might think about your development as a designer in a different way. Um, uh, develop relationships and trust in your inside your organization that are outside of design. Uh, the relationships that you can build with other folks help you be able to tackle challenges mm-hmm. differently. And how, you, like I said, how you go about getting things through the organization is actually a big part of like how you can operate within an organization as a designer. Um, understand the, your impact on the organization, learn to make a case for your work, uh, and make a case for the work you want to see. Uh, kind of going back to your point about like, maybe the work that you're doing doesn't make it to the sh- to shipping, but it does sort of change the way people think about things. Um, develop an opinion. That's sort of the other thing I would say is, uh, mm-hmm. having an opinion, yeah. just like a point of view that you can like bring to the table, uh, is like really important actually. <laughs> Um, find a mentor and then be a mentor. Like you don't have to, uh, be a manager to be a mentor to somebody. Um, there's always someone, um, designers that are starting out in their careers or people within your organization that kind of want to learn more about what you do or have a passion for a shared passion for what you do. Like those are the people that you're going to learn from and that, um, you have something to offer. So, um, those are all the things that I would sort of close out with. I wish I, uh, you know, I've, I've learned a lot of this through the years and yeah. I wish I had gotten this advice like early on. Cause I felt like for a long time I was trying, I, I was just kind of like fighting, like going against the grain, like trying to climb the ladder, if you will. And I'll admit it, like I, I was working really hard. Titles did matter, but now I think it comes with, you know, uh, time and, and experience, you know, experience, uh, you don't really think about that, um, as much and you think more about your impact. And yeah, I think you made a good point about come with a point, an opinion or a point of view. Oftentimes, you know, I, I still do this. Like I have a dialogue in my head about my thoughts and my opinions and people are open to that hearing that you, you oftentimes like, Oh no, it's like a waste of time or they won't, don't want to hear it or my it's wrong or whatever. Like that's kind of, it's very important. Um, especially if, if you're trying, you know, if you want design to be 
a leader at an organization, it has to come from the designers, no matter what level or experience that you have, you have an opinion for sure. And it doesn't have to be like you're debating or arguing or anything like that. I mean, a good debate is also, I mean, I think there are healthy debates too, but um, like, don't be afraid to speak up. Um, and I think we have to kind of go against some of that imposter syndrome that we probably all have uh, in this type of industry. That's a really, really good point that I would second is like your, <laughs> I guess we'll call it like experience level does not, does not preclude you from having a point of mm -hmm. view. Like you're not just because you're just starting starting out in your career uh, does not mean that you are less entitled to your point of view than somebody more like more senior yep. um, or with more years. You did air quotes there. I did air quotes again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to use terms that are like, I don't agree with them, but also like yeah. I, I'm trying to like at least help people understand what I'm trying to say. So yeah, I'm using yeah. terms that uh, they're not, they're not really like what it should be, but uh, that's it's also okay. the easiest explanation sometimes. They can also probably catch on the tone of, you know, words. my air quote yeah. tone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a lot of air quotes for a podcast. <laughs> um, no, like it, like, you know, being open to learning at any stage in your career um, being able to like revise your opinion on the fly, like as you acquire new information. Mm -hmm. So like this constant process mm -hmm. of like evaluation, like acquiring more information, like revising your opinion and kind of going forward with that opinion, like you yeah. have just as much to offer at any point in your career as you would at any other point of your career. And you mm -hmm. should, you should know that, um, and yeah. be open to revising that opinion <laughs> mm -hmm. at any point, but like definitely have one. <laughs> And it's okay if you don't know everything. <laughs> so I, I think oftentimes, <laughs> yeah, like oftentimes you don't speak up because you're like, well, I don't have enough context. I'm also like giving myself advice as I'm talking because this still happens like all the time and will probably yeah. always be the case. Like you're like, oh, well, I don't have enough uh, information on that. Um, other people know it more than me. So yeah, it's it's okay if you don't know everything and it's okay to say, I don't know. Um, so, uh, that's good too. Say, yeah. But, saying you don't yeah. know is like, might be the best career advice mm. ever. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. It really might be. Um, great. Well, this has been very, I hope, I hope it's been helpful for people listening. Um, so we usually end the podcast with some recommendations that we might have. Do you... Mm. I can, I can go first. Um, if you go want, if, if you want to think of yours, Sam. Um, so yeah, I, there's this really cool website called poolside.fm and it's a website that plays music 24 seven stream from SoundCloud. And the music is curated. Uh, and in my opinion, it's great focus music. Uh, it's these beachy vibes, very chill, like the name. Um, and they just released, released a Mac app, which I'm really into right now. So the, the design is very minimalistic. They use like uh, kind of a, a font. I don't even know what font this is, but not like a, it's like a, a like Unicode font or, or whatever. Um, but it's, 
it's really cool. I like it. It's it's very simple. You just press play. There's no like crazy filtering or finding. It's just like one interface. Um, and yeah, I've been really enjoying that. So people should check it out. Um, I have two. They're both somewhat related to our topic, actually. Um, there's a really great podcast, which is pretty well known. Um, they have some pretty big names on it. Typically. Not as great as our podcast, though, right? No, no, no podcast is okay. as our <laughs> No, actually, their podcast clear. <laughs> I mean, they interview some pretty great people, so their podcast is probably better than our podcast. But oh, man. <laughs> to hear about great podcasts on our podcast, so like meta. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so uh, DBBD, if you've had never listened to no. it, um, they usually talk about um design with folks that work in design um and they're usually talking about like how they navigate sort of the business and challenges that they have um in their sort of day-to-day uh, as they try to like solve problems uh, so if you're kind of thinking about like how things relate to the other skills that you need as a designer to navigate problem solving uh, outside of just your craft. Like this is a great way to get insight into like how others do that and a little bit about like their own careers and how they've been able to think about their careers um, from some of the people that have had huge impacts on huge organizations like, um, like Google and. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really always very interesting and inspiring to listen to. Um, and then the other one is a book. Uh, This is going to sound very counterintuitive, but it's called The Orbiting the Giant Hairball, A Corporate Fool's Guide to Surviving with Grace. Um, And it's by Gordon McKenzie, who used to work at Hallmark um, as one of their um, chief creative leads. And um, it's a really interesting look at um, kind of some of the like wackier aspects of how design used to function in organizations um, before it became so commonplace as it is now. And it's a really interesting, um, if you're, if sometimes you're feeling like you're in an organization that isn't as supportive of design um, as we are fortunate to be in, um, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's a really great way to kind of be able to like laugh at some of the problems that happen, um, figure out how somebody else has navigated them, and take a look at um, the ways that like corporate or company environments aren't always as understanding of um, mm-hmm. the way designers think and have to problem solve. And so if you find yourself struggling with um, making a design a priority in your organization, it's a good sort of book to gain some perspective that is also kind of funny and weirdly illustrated as well. Cool. Well, thanks, Sam. Those are good recommendations. Um, well, that wraps up. Uh, our podcast uh hope you guys enjoyed it and feel free to share and all the notes will be um available uh so all those recommendations will be available and we will talk to you soon yeah talk to you soon air quotes soon air quotes yeah